Welcome to the Shungite Show. It's March 23rd, 2021. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Derek Condit and Mark Joseph. And um, I'm just going to say hi, Derek. How are you doing today? Doing well. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. And Mark? Mark's doing well. We already asked him. Hi, Nancy. <clears throat> hi, Derek. Okay. Everybody. Yeah. So, um, Derek, you came back from another trip. And we decided we would just start the the show off with you showing off your the wares that you got because, again, you had to big buy a bigger truck, right? Oh, geez, yeah, that's yeah, that was just the beginning. Let me let me just jump in here for a second yeah. because people might think that my God, he keeps getting these truckloads of product and truckloads of product. It, yes, he does, but it's. It's so that he can in, get a huge inventory because we don't know what kind of situation we're going to encounter. And right now, because, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Derek, but right now, because of the um, situation with the, the fairs and the, the uh, shows not going off like they do, he's able to help a lot of people out there that are mineral dealers that are, you know, having uh, a bad year. And so that's one of the reasons, well, that's the main reason why he's doing all of this. And he's, it's not like we're, we're, we're saying, hey, Derek, how many, how many thousands of dollars did you spend this time? It's not that kind of thing. It's that you have to get the inventory and protect what, because we don't know what will happen. Um, I'll tell you, when I started out, I did the same thing. Uh, before I even got anything in the store started the store i bought up inventory because it comes from russia and it shungite and at any given time you don't know what's going to happen and one time um they shut the they wouldn't let the they were the russians and the americans were having a piss-off contest and they wouldn't let the shipments come to america and they they keep them in customs so there are problems with supply and right now, of course, it's a different situation it, it, because when he goes on these trips, he's not getting the Shungite. The Shungite comes directly from the mine. But he's going out there and getting much more because when he, well, when he got into this uh, Shungite thing, he'd already been in the mineral business and doing uh, mineral sales and, and fairs with his dad for years. So um, this, is, this is, like I say, to make sure that there's inventory, that it, everything is going to still you know, be there no matter what happens, and to help out those people that are in trouble themselves. Is this correct, Derek? Did I say that right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There's always more to the story, but that's absolutely right. What we're doing is expanding mystical wares, and then a little add-in, <clears throat> or add-on to what you're saying. Um, what we do is we have our, our classroom area that, of course, is not used at this moment due to the restrictions, but a little heads up on that for those locals that are listening. Um, we're already working and starting as of today to turn the classes back on here in the coming weeks. So we're going to start the free classes, and they're all free, by the way, at Mystical Wares on just a plethora of topics, um, all sorts of metaphysical woohoo things. Um, but it's also in that space now, what I'm getting at is we're using that space for vendors, and we do what's called pop-up shops in there. So we have a, well, our whole building here, Mystical Wares store in Mount Vernon, Washington, is a little over 8,000 square feet. And so there's a lot of retail products and hangout areas and stuff to do. But again, in that classroom area, we're keeping it open. So the, the rock and gem vendors, not just rock and gem, but local artists, and that can be painters. That can be somebody that um, 
wire wraps, pendants, or whatever. We've had people that make custom clothing come in here, and we set them up right in the middle of the store in our biggest area in the back there for with tables, chairs. We'll advertise for them, and we take no percentage for this. Again, like Nancy was saying, this is about the community. This is about all of us. So we bring them in. We don't charge them a penny, no percentages of anything, and we help them stay too because, again, we want a larger community for everybody. So that's what we've been during, doing during this whole pandemic um, at various times. And we're going to start those up again now that the somewhat restrictions have lifted here in Washington State. But that is what we do. So we're trying to get because um, as Nancy mentioned, also the they're called different things. But the psychic fairs, the art and gym craft shows that happen around here in the Northwest have all been, of course, severely limited due to the pandemic. So these the vendors need outlets. So that's where we're trying to and have tried to step up and provide that for them. And we announced those things on the website too, Nancy and Mark, the, the dates. So in the coming week or so, I'll, I'll modify the calendar on mysticalwares.net, showing some of these classes that are coming up soon. Um, and then additional, again, uh, I think we call them pop-up shops here in the store. So we're going to be doing lots of those type of things as well. Um, and then, as you were mentioning too, so for those that are in chat on the website um, and can see the image, or um, even later, you'll see it on the, the show promo on YouTube, or other outlets, wherever we're using them now. Um, but what you're seeing there is a bunch of images of some of the products and items that um, either are available or we've already brought back from various Arizona shows. Like here in, I don't know, two weeks, I'm heading down to uh, Tucson, Arizona for a, a modified Rock and Gem show. That one usually happens in February, but of course it was delayed, but it is happening now. And the dates were just released, so we're going to go down and pick up some more items for um, locals up here. And by doing that, by the way, Nancy, that and going down, and I actually, for those that, again, don't know, I'll actually drive down from northern Washington State, so right not too far from the border, probably an hour or so, all the way down to Arizona myself in various vehicles to bring these products back and tools back for us to use at a, at a, a discounted price because it's, of course, a huge savings to go down and get these things yourself and bring them back so that we can keep them affordable. And that was a big aspect to this business that I was insisting on myself, not having to you know, have prices double, triple, quadruple because of so many hands on them, be it shipping or storage or this, that, and the other. It just gets crazy expensive. And then what I just call tools, which are what we sell here, various rocks, crystals, gems, they're all ingredients and tools for us to work with energetically. Well, we can get those into more hands now and make a bigger difference. So that's kind of um, one of the, the logic behind me going down there. And then, like you had said, Nancy, I've for decades done these various mineral and rock and gem shows um, with my father. And I'm a gold prospector, a miner, lots of things. Um, so I've, I've been really into it for, for my whole life. So when was the first time you picked up a piece of gold and Mother Nature just burped it uh, up? Yeah, that was I, with my dad when, oh, geez, I couldn't have been five six or seven so just a little guy holding a gold pan and he's um on the the side so recreationally he was a gold prospector as well with his other things he did my dad i'm talking about um but literally through my whole childhood we, we lived through the whole west coast of the u.s all through arizona california and just different spots so um he would we'd go out and just go into the gold ditches find um prospected our pans out our sluices i own a couple gold dredges so if we're in the water, we're using the gold dredges. It just depends. But 
But yeah, I was a little guy and never got the gold fevers people put it. I was more into the um, OCD aspects of grabbing that dirt, breaking it down, panning it, and just all the processes of it. And then, yes, there's a shiny nice thing at the end, of course. But I was more, you know, into the whole aspect of just, you know, getting the ore and then, you know, refining the, the gold out of it. Not just gold, but other things. But, yeah, I've been doing that my whole life. In fact, my dad still does it. He's 87 or 89. or How did I jump 88? He's somewhere in there. And he still goes out and finds gold claims or, or gets the gold claim. Basically, you go out to sometimes dry washes or ditches in Arizona and, and prospect. And then you, you take the paperwork to the um, assayer's office. And then you can stake a claim. And then you can sell those if it's something you do. But, yeah, he still does that now. Now, when you were that young and, and out there, I know you were saying that you get into the process, but were you aware of energies at that age? I mean, was this something that you learned or was this something that you just had all your life? Or is it a combination? That's a good question. I'll put it this way. it's I'll, I'll go in reverse. I've always had it. I was not aware of it anymore. So the we'll just call it energy sensitivity, the, the ability to perceive, read, feel. Um, and when I say feel, I mean tangibly feel as well. And I haven't talked too much about that. Um, but that was always an aspect of me. I didn't know it was something that others didn't have. So it's kind of like eating food and not knowing that you have taste buds in your nose. And we do, by the way, have more taste buds in our nose than our mouth and more smell buds in our mouth than our nose. Sounds counterintuitive, but that's how we're built. So it's like not knowing that, wait, I'm smelling with my mouth, not my nose. So it was just an aspect of me. Um, and then occasionally through life, I would realize, I'd say, oh, maybe hold a rock, Jim, go down and say, oh, could feel this one. And, and then all of a sudden, I'd get that look in their eyes like, what do you mean? So until that started happening more and more, I didn't realize that that level of perception was often missed by many individuals. Even though everybody has it to different levels, it just wasn't a focused perception level um, and I'm just talking about a certain chakra but so I've always been that way and but it was odd because again I didn't realize I was that way or that it was a way of being um, I just thought it was something everybody did and knew and just chose to ignore it's like not acknowledging a certain sense when you walk into a room well that doesn't mean you didn't smell it it just means you didn't acknowledge it so I, I was kind of going on the assumption nobody talked about the energy I sort of interrupted you, but that was fascinating. And that's true about the mouth and nose and the taste buds and smells. I mean, is that why dogs will sometimes go up to something and open their mouth? Oh, that's fine. Oh, yeah, they'll absolutely do that. We can, too. We can smell more and just breathe it in. <laughs> I've got all these images of people walking around going up to things and, you know, like, Putting your tongue out, tasting the tasting the air like snakes. Oh, is this a reptilian thing from our past? <laughs> uh, well, that's just it. Taste with your nose. Of course, we all know. We do it instinctually. Just smell, and you'll know. Oh, good or bad. You don't have to taste it, of course. Well, you know, this is a weird thing, but when you have those fountains with the, you, you, you pouring uh, uh, Coca Cola or Sprite or whatever into your into your uh, glass, you know, like McDonald's or something like that. They claim that they're all the same. The only difference is the color. Does that make sense? 
as far as the syrups that they put into yeah, the drink? Yeah, that they're all the same. And I, I mean, I, I've questioned this, and yet it came from the people that were making this stuff when I was in the restaurant business. I said, what do you mean? And they said, it's all in the smell. Oh, and, I see what you're saying. You know, I, I, I didn't understand that. And, and I said, and now I'm thinking about it. So, oh, this is a weird conversation, but uh, if, if you're smelling things in, well, it isn't, and it is, because it just shows us how little we really know about our own inst- our own abilities, our own, you know, natural gifts. And so, yes, it's something to do with the smell, not the taste at all, is what they told me. Oh, sure. No, that makes sense. I mean, the way they're making it, you know, the combination of it. So, anyway. um, Okay, so this time when you went down there, uh, because you just were there, normally your trips aren't back-to-back like this, but um, why did you specifically go down there at this time? Um, This this last trip I went on was a a resupply restocking ship basically i found a we'll just call them a well a distributor okay a rock and crystal distributor not one of mine or cosmic realities but a different one that's down there um that got in a shipment and they notified me of it of and this kind of refers back to the image for those of you that can see it with crystal skulls crystal dragon skulls and other things um but when I get alerted to certain shipments that come in, so I went down there to, to take advantage of that and um, do a, a buying trip for Mystical Wares while they said I had items. There's been limited restocking in Arizona. Um, a lot of the vendors often have containers brought in, so whole um, metal storage containers, shipping containers they're called sometimes, full of products. And a lot of those are being refused entry into the U.S. or held up at ports or because of the the delayed um, mineral shows, which is why I'm doing back-to-back trips here that you were talking about, um, they just didn't get them in in time. So lots of just 3D drama issues. So basically taking advantage of, in a good way, of being able to access these um, products and purchase them. And it's actually helping out on many levels because it's helping those distributors down in Arizona who don't have outlets right now to continue you know, their businesses and bringing in products for us. So there's... Just lots of reasons like that. Um, and then going down there for, um, God, well, a lot of it's contacts as well. Just just meeting other people. And then I'm actually going down, as I mentioned, in I think the f- first week or second week of April. I'll have to check my schedule. But somewhere in mid-April for another week trip. Again, for this time for the actual Tucson Mineral Show uh, modified version. and Because we'll have access to the storage containers and whatnot down there. So... Just resupply, bringing bringing items up and products, and um, some new stuff like I'd mentioned those crystal skulls and, and other things. Now, why why don't you? I know we did it when. <clears throat> excuse me. See the <clears throat> the morning shows are hard because I haven't been talking all day. <laughs> um, wh- why don't you um, go back and look at the crystal skulls and the the dragons again? Explain why people might want these. First off. When he showed me the um, the video that's on and uh, Facebook uh, Mystical Wears fa- Facebook page, uh, you go group. I guess it's a group. Um, if you go there, you'll see a video, and he walks around this table, and it, it's just full of crystal skulls. And I'll tell you, some of them spooked me <laughs> when I when I was 
get, getting the promo up and I had to really look at these things. Some of them spooked me, but they were so fascinating. Um, like one of those skulls, I think, do you have one that's in a tiger eye-like thing, a brown one? Oh, yeah, with some blue tiger eye in it as well. Blue. Oh, my God. That thing is amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's phenomenal. There's some, there's some really unique um, types of, of skulls in there. Um, yeah, so they're, they're all, all different forms, not just crystals. Uh, there's amethyst, quartz, citrine, um, tiger's eye. There's lots of them. There's, well, total, I probably brought back at least 400 different skulls of different types. See, some I, polished I, rocks. And, mm-hmm. I, I'm just stunned at the... At, because you got to start with a big piece of, of mineral, and the and then you're going to carve it. And so, to me, you, you would have a lot like, oh, I've got all this uh, particular jasper, okay? So I'm carving a lot of them out of the same rock. But all of these things are different. I mean, where are they getting these rocks? I know, isn't that crazy? So basically, I'll give an, a, a description of what we're looking at. So think of, uh, most of them average about the size of an average fist. So just think an average man's fist. Um, I don't know, what was that? Maybe six, eight inches across, who knows? Something like that. And it's a rough stone or rock, a piece of rock that they start with. And they'll see a little tiny, um, usually small, sometimes larger, quartz cluster or pocket in there. Then it's up to that, and as far as I'm concerned, they're an artist, to hold that, look at it, and envision that either dragon skull or just that humanoid skull in there, and then just start cutting away so that crystal, the actual crystals, sit in a certain spot on the skull. And they did such a phenomenal job on these different ones where sometimes it's on the top of the head, little crystal clusters, sometimes in the eyeball of them. And I know it sounds Maybe to some a little bit creepy, but it's really not once you check them out close and get your hands on them. They're really just artistic and beautiful. And they're, they're crystals. They're, they're a, a tool, an energy tool. And, and actually, I don't know how much you want to get into it, but they're, they're actually a they're, one way of terming them would be a consciousness construct or um, uh, you know a, a consciousness housing. But long story short, if you have an item, and in this case a natural item made of quartz crystal and jaspers and things like that, and it is in the shape of, it doesn't have to be a skull, but a skull is an easy one to hold form in. So to get a little woohoo here, our spirit guides and other entities can hold a portion of their of themselves in 3D so they can better interact with us in a construct like that. That's why I was calling it a consciousness construct. So let's say I have... Let's just kind of make it funny. My spirit guide, Bob, if all of a sudden he wants to connect better with me and he's so in the etheric realms that we're having difficulty connecting because maybe I can't focus enough or I can't calm down to activate my chakras and turn on my intuition to perceive, let's just say, him on whatever level I usually perceive that guide on. Well, one way for them to do it is by providing them that housing or construct. And again, it doesn't, it can be a crystal cluster, but if you have a, Again, I'm going to be specific here. So a humanoid guide that chooses to be in human form, two eyes, two nose, you know, two legs, that is not all that way. Then they can hold a portion of their form in that construct or skull or whatever and perceive our 3D reality better and then connect more through that. And a long time ago, they'd, they'd make comments like, well, genie in a bottle and things like that and or in a lamp or however it was. Um, but long story short, it's 
a 3D housing or aspect and crystal, of course, programmable, quartz crystal, being that way, they can hold a frequency. So that's all the, my, again, my, my buddy Bob, the spirit guide, he can hold that frequency, a portion of it in that skull and then interact with me easier. So just a little insight into that, um, little energy recipe there, a suggestion for people. Uh, one of the uses for them. So it's it's not like it's a nefarious thing being in a skull form. It's, it's just a, a housing. You know, I've got a little bit different take on that. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Okay, but there's another aspect of the crystal skulls. Um, have you ever actually seen one of the supposed Mayan crystal skulls or Atlantean crystal skulls? Photos. <clears throat> okay, I actually was in the same room with Max. You know who Max is? I do. Okay. Max is a, a crystal skull that was supposedly discovered, and I have no reason not to believe this story. There's a lot of people that have tr challenged it, and it seems to still hold. That, And I can't remember the guy's name, but he was a prospector, not a prospector, but a, an adventurer in the, to the Mayan area of the world in Central and South, Afri South Africa, America. And he was with his daughter, and his daughter actually discovered it. She was, uh, I don't know, I think she was about 10 years old, 13, 10, 13 years old, and she discovered it. Well, it ended, Max, and they call it Max, and Max ended up coming down here to, to Miami, not, not, you know, a few blocks from me, and myself and some other people went, I didn't know what this thing was. I was just doing the rounds, you know. Oh, there's some metaphysical thing happening. Let's go do it, you know. And we get to this private home. We go in, and there was about, well, at least, I would say maybe 20 people in the room, maybe a little, few more. Um, and we're sitting there, and this woman, the 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 woman was actually the girl that found it, okay. And she was talking about the story, and, you know, everybody got to sort of like interact with with it i mean i didn't touch it i don't remember touching it or touching him but all of a sudden and this was before i really understood all of the let's say innate abilities that i have it was like it turned more it turned them on because i suddenly was back in time and i was in well i know now that it was atlantis and I can see this Max in a, it was a big cave. And the people were in line and they kept going by Max. And they each one of them could, you know, stop for a moment. But mostly you had to keep moving, but very, very slowly. And because there were so many people. I mean, I, all I saw was lines of people, a line, a line of people. And... What I got from the whole thing, because you can also question a lot of what you're seeing and get answers, is that this was a, it was on in Bimini, on the, Bimini's the tallest uh, mountain, but it's a volcanic mountain, um, in, on the, Poseidon, the largest of the five islands of Atlantis. It had been one continent, but then it broke up some thousands, many thousands of years before the Atlantis we know. So Poseidon was the biggest island. And so at the top of this mountain thingy is where they had this chamber, this huge, like I say, maybe it was like, you know, I don't know, the what do they call it, the inside of the volcano, you know, the open part. But it 
it was just all I saw was rock around me with these people in line and this basically little I mean it's not little you know it's it's fairly good sized uh, so probably eight inches tall um, sitting there on the rock by itself and they were walking by it and what was happening was that the people were uh, it wasn't so much praying to like you would if you thought that this was a God entity. It was more of when when they were in front of it. And there was different people asking different things, but the majority of them really understood this process. When they were in front of it, they were actually requesting by their presence to be enhanced energetically by the by the crystal skull and it, to, to be honest with you it spooked me a little bit because um i was so drawn into the crystal skull and when i just did you know like this looking at it again i realized that while i was getting the story i just told you i was also getting a lot of other information and a lot of other tweaking and stuff. So I think that these things can be used not just for the concept of uh, sort of holding a, a communication with your guides. I think it's like uh, like a library of knowledge that these not 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 every you've got a program the one you might get. But the, the Max, it was like he was programmed with answers of everything. But I don't think it was so much programming as it was the ability to access other sources of information, like the Akashic Records, for instance. Would that make sense? Okay, yes. And what you're, what, okay, and yes, that's right on the money. Think of him more, Max, than the other ones. Just like you're saying, pre. Pre, not pre-programmed, but preset station. They're a frequency holder or anchor. So we're just an, use an analogy of a radio. They are a radio with a preset channel or frequency to a, well, I'll just tell you, another group. And now that's good, bad, or indifferent, depending on your understanding. So yes, they do. But now if you want a radio that goes directly to, as I was saying earlier, and I was being begged for a reason, your guide, well, then that's when you start with one of these blank radios or uh, an empty USB drive, let's call it, and then hold it, get your energy frequency on it, pre-program the channel, and then decide, hence why they say channel, um, who you want to communicate with. So yes, that's exactly what it is, and you can get actual, and I do it here in my office with other tools or no tools, it makes no difference, um, adding or removing frequencies using just subtle energies and intentions, and there's a whole lot more layers and depth than that, but for just these purposes um we'll just talk about that but that's what they do they'll actually give you what people sometimes call upgrades or other things but what if the skulls we're talking about max and others they're a frequency device and they will overpower uh weaker frequencies or frequencies that are less in alignment with an individual so um there's lots of ways of explaining that one but um but yeah they're a frequency device and you can pick up those frequencies you know this and, is let me i'm sorry to interrupt you here but i just got this download because i always questioned the because when you, you look at a skull you think in terms of death okay but then if you look at a skull you think in terms of like 
you know, a pirate flag. Okay? But the pirate flag is a representation of a Masonic symbol. So now you've got the Masonic kind of like connection. So there's a lot of, uh, when you look at it, you know, everything is symbolic. Well, not everything. It's all energy, but symbols carry energy. And so when you look at the skull, it's got a lot of connotations of the dark side to it. Um, But what I just got when I was listening to you and and kind of like going back and to, to remote that when when all this was stuff was happening it's very interesting that this the human skull was very intricate in being able to create these amazing tools for information in that as odd as it sounds human beings have a a spiritual position in the cosmos where they're they're actually acknowledged by a great number of entities as being special and I don't get off on the special thing special being a a fine a fine-tuned instrument okay of projecting love and so by using the a skull of a human being in the cosmic symbology you are invoking a frequency of love because that's what human beings anchor into the cosmos does that make sense it does yeah yeah i was muted that does make sense and yeah uh, yeah, humans automatically generate that love frequency that we've talked about before, that heart-brain coherence, 0.1 hertz. Um, oh, yeah, and there's a reason that's why other entities want to get involved with us because we can actually generate that with our heart field. So it's a it's a power, I mean, you can call it. So it's it's a tool. Um, oh, yeah. No, it's definitely one of, the, one of the aspects. Which essentially means that, because, I mean, if, if, if you just listen to what, what we're saying, there's also the potentiality of you know, some bad entity making this connection with you and, you know, masquerading as a light. But in fact, this is like a, using a, a skull is like, you know, creating an environment where only good can happen. The dark side couldn't touch it. It's just, think of it as a cell phone. Decide who you want to communicate with. Don't just pick it up and say, hey, I want to talk to anybody and anything that comes in here. Well, then have fun with what you get. You might want to make a conscious decision and use your intent and feelings and just decide, oh, maybe I want to communicate with what's best for me. Or again, say just my higher self or whatever terms, you know, each individual is aware of. I don't want to go OCD on the exact words, but just your intention is what matters more so than the words. Because, you know, the color green may not be green for you, Nancy. It may appear a different hue than it does for me. So really what matters is the intention behind it. So just set your intentions and that's just a thought. There's not some magic meditation somebody has to do before connecting or anything like that or finding the quiet moment in their thoughts. Again, good luck with that one. It's not going to happen to most people. And you don't need it to, by the way. Nobody needs to have that little complete silence in their thoughts before, quote, connecting to something. That's all a misnomer. That's not the way it has to be. So I want to relieve that from some people that think that, well, I just can't get there. Well, you don't need to. That's not exactly how it works anyway. So just have the intention, decide you want to connect with what's best for you, 
Now you're choosing from that um, layer of ingredients in your pantry that's the good stuff. Now you know that what comes through is good. And that's one way to go at it. Um, but always, they're connection devices. And we're talking about the various skulls or consciousness constructs or crystal structures. Um, it's a tool, just like old crystal radios, decide on the frequency that you want to perceive. And then that's how it'll be. So there's lots of uses for them as well. And beneficial ones. And Mark, do you have any, any questions or add-ons that, that you thought of that you wanted to, to throw out there? Um, not, not on this topic, maybe later on, um, you can okay. talk about your trip and if you run into any kind of highlights or, oh, sure. um, yeah, yeah, but no, there's all great stuff people to use. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And then Nancy, I don't know if you had any other questions on this skulls or whatnot, legal or whatever. No, but we also have, you also have the dragon skulls and, um, those are fun. A lot those, of nature energy there, channels we'll say. Channel, you know, radio stations. But, right. Yeah, just, just talk a little bit about the dragon. Oh, sure. The dragon ones, of course. So when we're talking about the different, we're just talking about, um, again, for those that don't see the images, just think, you know, um, uh, 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 there's different things, but different types of jaspers and rocks with those quartz structures carved in them and that skull head that we're looking at, or just head. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a skull. Um but those, again, are a certain shape where, well, we'll just generalize and call it nature entities or nature energy. And that encompasses a lot, um, basically almost anything not human. So on the dragon skulls, those tend to, as I, as I can pick them up out here, and there's, I don't know, 20 feet from me, they tend to, I'll just say shake, for lack of a better word, um, in a, or vibrate in a frequency that's more 3D or nature connected. So the Sasquatch people, the the fairies, the things like that, all those different terms we know um, that kind of reside just on another channel, but but here in our environment as well. So again, just, just a, one channel to the left of what we're usually perceiving. So they're right up near us, just out of phase. Well, they can perceive through these dragon skulls easy as well. Um, and those can be lots of entities that we call different things, but again, just that, think that nature realm, we call them berries, sprites, um, all, all sorts of little things. And they, they all exist. They're just on another channel is all, but these consciousness constructs. And again, in the dragon form, especially give them kind of like a peephole to perceive through. And if, um, and if you're, if you're of such minded that you're, you're perceiving these other frequencies or realities, you can do so more easily by holding one of these skulls. So what I'm getting at is so I pick up a dragon skull I calm down, just relax, and I just have the thought in my head um, that I want to perceive, you know, nature energies around me. And then just don't get more specific than that. All of a sudden, depending on your levels of perception, you're going to see stuff. You're going to feel stuff. You're going to hear things. Um, all sorts of communication can happen. It happens on all those levels for me. Different at each time. You never know what's, you know, it's, it's all feelings. So basically, you want to calm yourself down and and just start your perception levels. And then all the woohoo happens. And when I do do that, um, well, I'll just give you a kind of a visual. If I'm sitting back here in the mystical room's um, back classroom area, we'll just say, and hold one of the crystal skulls, and it's usually when there's not other customers in here, so we're closed, so it's a little less energetic environment, we'll say. A whole nother hazy reality, I don't know how else to explain it than that, just overlays the room. 
a, just another frequency. You can call it a dimension, call it whatever you want. It's just a channel. And there are entities that are in that frequency, just at a phase of us. So holding that, turning on your, your chakras, if you understand those terms, you can perceive these other realities and interact with them. And basically when I do that, all of a sudden I found, I didn't know it worked that way. All of a sudden I appeared like a little ghost-like form in that reality. So all of a sudden, oh look, the spirit guy Derek is here. Well, I didn't call it that, I guess. But it's really just a, a level of my energy stepping into that phase. And it again, it depends on who's in what reality on how you appear. But that's one way to do it. And then you can bring information and energies back and forth too. Um, and that's what I do. Just I call it loving energy. Um, you know, and I like the term orgone because it's a known term, things like that. But there can be energy exchanges and that's meaning information or understandings through these entities. Um, it's just perceiving more of your reality. We, it's like we're all in a classroom not realizing that there's a school. By the way, we're not just in a classroom. There's other classrooms and stuff going you, you, on. You know what it reminds me of, Derek? It reminds me of the beginning of the Internet when I would, I would have to um, plug my computer into the telephone and then it would call over the telephone lines to AOL. And then I'm in the Internet. Well, I don't know how many years went by before I realized that I, AOL was only one little room in the Internet, <laughs> you know. And one day, my, my friend and I we were working on this together, you know, trying to figure out what would happen. One day, we opened up, we, we left the room of AOL and went into the hallway. And all of a sudden, there was a whole building there full of rooms that, you know, I mean, it was like astounding. And it's kind of like the, the, the same situation we find ourselves in, is that we, we have been kept from knowing the information that we share on these shows because they didn't want you to know it. And they tell you that talking about uh, fairies and gnomes and goblins and giants and... Yeah, dragons and the green man. All of this is 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 make believe. Well, those make believe stories came from people that they lived on stories. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have press. They didn't have written language. The way that they learned was their stories. So how dare we disrespect our elders by you know? thousands of generations who basically passed on the teachings through their stories and the stories of dragons and the green man and the, the jinn and all of these different entities came from people whose one purpose in life was to tell the story and make sure that every word is the word that you heard when you were taught it. So when, when we're talking about this stuff, it might sound like crazy shit to most people, but the reality is, is this is what we were taught from the greatest, longest, farthest away elders, that all of these things were there. And then something came in and changed it and put a, a curtain up. Well, you know, we're, we're parting the curtain here. But I just wanted to throw that out. <laughs> no, that's awesome. 
we I want to add on to that because we were taught, and who the heck started that telling us our imagination equals fake? What the hell does that even mean? Wrong. Our imagination and feelings are 90% of this universe, so don't discount it. So, no, listen to your imagination. It's real, and that's how you actually perceive more of your reality is by using your imagination, and then you tap into other things, and that's just how it continues. So your imagination is 100% real. That's just fact. That's science fact, too. But yet the average person thinks imagination, oh, make-believe. What do you, what do you mean make-believe? That's like saying you turn on a radio and you have a country music and convince yourself there's no other stations. Turn the dial. Check it out. Perceive a larger reality. You might find disco music or blues or whatever in that odd analogy. But, you know, expand your reality. It's not, well, it is imagination. It's real. Now expand into it. And then your perception levels will go. It's like stretching your legs. Try it. Don't don't jump up and try to be a sprinter and run a race right away, but get up, stretch your legs, start walking, and then speed walking, then realize, well, hell, I can run. I can keep going. Well, you know, that question imagination is really one to, to do two things. First off, imagination keeps you from manifesting within this, this realm. If you can't think it, you can't create it. So they don't want you to know that. So they're going to tell you imagination is make-believe. No, it isn't. Imagination is what makes everything go. And the, the, the concept that you, you imagination is limited to just what you're doing. No, no, imagination also unlocks the secret genetic information that we've been carrying and hearing as fairy tales. Make sense? Yep, absolutely, and that's when you, we start our imagination. You start tuning in those channels or frequencies, and then we all kind of perceive often similar things, if that's in the nature realm or whatever. But no, it's there's just different channels that are out there. So there's all sorts of things to experience. We just need to open up to it. You know, let, you me, let, let me give you an example, okay? When Gene Rockefeller was here visiting me, now for those people that don't know Gene, Gene has a, a horse, and the horse's name is Jack. And Jack is, uh, the, let's say, the form that a spirit called the Watchers can take. And so Jack is a Watcher. And Gene started to take his messaging and put it up his blogs. Uh, the girl's the real deal. But she was over visiting, and we were in Sandy's yard. And we're just walking along, and all of a sudden I got this pull to look to my left, and I could see Jack in Sandy's yard. And I turned to Jean and I said, Jack's here. And she had these big wide eyes and she's looking directly at Jack and she says, yes, I see him. So you, both of us have the same imagination or did both of us, because our imagination would allow us to see this information, get the same picture at the same time? That's what I'm, what I'm, I'm trying to say that if you begin to open up to the people that you have around you, and unfortunately, most of you don't have too many, but you've got us. And I'm telling you that this is you're capable of doing this. And it's there, and it's real, and don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of the unknown. They want you afraid of the unknown, too, also, because if you're afraid of the unknown, you won't reach your full potential. So, you know, I'm just, that's why we tell you these weird stories, you know, because they're not weird. They're true stories that have been kept from us to keep us, human beings, in a state of servitude. 
servitude? Servitude. <laughs> anyway, just thought I'd point that out. Well, I agree. It's a limiting factor. Yep. Anything you're, you you get told, don't look at, well, I'd look at it twice as hard. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Well, we know that because if somebody, you know, gets a sensor on YouTube, you really want to know what was in that video. <laughs> what was in that video? Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, Lord. <clears throat> okay. So, um, what else? Where we going? That was pretty interesting. <laughs> Where we went. Yeah, I, we had a I hope the places. rest of you guys had a good time. We did. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you like to go now, Derek? Oh, you've got uh, those. You've got those. Um, the uh, I, I do. I had to point, put it up yet. Um, the uh, lamps. This uh, uh, selenite. Oh, selenite. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Well, she, so what she's talking about is, um, you know, selenite. That that uh, it's a softer crystal form. It's actually a, a type of gypsum, um, but we usually here in the U.S. we call it selenite. Um, and then it comes in different shapes and sizes, and we have, I don't even know how many, dozens and dozens of types and shapes and cuts of it now. But what she's referring to is, I recently, and I actually kind of stumbled on this idea the other day when I was at Lowe's, because we have, well, again, they're called selenite towers, and they're they're generally a white crystal, and you can um, shine a light through them. I've actually, I've actually got the picture you posted um, up on the chat now. Oh, perfect. So, good. For those that see it, um, and I even found out later that picture doesn't quite do it justice, as often pictures don't. Um, but I found a, I was trying to figure out, let me back up, the selenite lamps on the top of that photo are about a foot and a half tall. They're huge. And they're hollowed out in the bottom, so you can stick a little light bulb in there. Well, in our display, for those that don't see, it's kind of a, just take a shelf, kind of sit in the middle of a room. A little difficult to get a bunch of power cords, too, for tripping hazards and just issues. Um, and having that many bulbs, so I actually found a ceiling um, light fixture, probably four foot by two foot flat, took it, wired it up, and sat it on top of this case, so the light in is shining up, and then, so it's just about, I don't know, chest level on the shelf, so basically I had the light shining up, and I got to set all of these towers, smaller and bigger ones, on top of it, so the light kind of flashes or blinks through them and illuminates them, um, and that's that's one of the benefits of selenite, again, being able to show light through them and be really attractive that way. So that's what we did there to show how these different types of selenite can be used with, with frequencies and lights and uh, just for the bling issue or the um, the option to. So but that's, that's one thing we did in the store here. There's actually, Nancy, more that's happened in the past two days. I need to redo the whole video for Mystical Wares again. Because we have three new tables now full of, I don't even know, hundreds of different rock and mineral towers. And um, I'm trying to remember what else is going on today. It just, it's like a whirlwind around here usually. So there's a couple new pieces of furniture with different items we're bringing in um, and expanding. But that's what the selenite is. is it's, a, it's a good crystal for it. So think yin and yang for shungite. It's one that holds energy. Um, where shungite doesn't hold energy, it just removes the excess. So... For energy workers, it's a useful tool. And then in the image also, Nancy, I was going to reference that we didn't talk about yet was on the main promo image, there's a, on the bottom, looks like a, you can see all the crystal skulls kind of spread out, a couple hundred of them, in the copper pyramid. So anything that gets put in a copper pyramid, which is why we have them here, when I say copper pyramid, this thing stands, 
I don't know, four foot tall or so, so a human can actually get inside and sit. Again, for those that don't see the photo. And there's a little chair on the ground in there. And you can sit in these devices and feel that what they call subtle energies moving around you. Um, and then use your own instincts to heal yourself if that's something you're led to do. But it also clears excess energy. And I'm talking about the copper pyramid being in that environment, which is why they're used in Russia and not only Russia, but all over the place for energy uses. But it removes excess energy from the skulls is why I had them in there so that it, it, they traveled from A to B to C, these skulls or any other crystal item um, from the place it was found to maybe carved in this case and then brought to Arizona. And then to me, there's lots of stuff, frequencies, energies in those jumps. So basically, I'm just resetting them um, and just letting them revert back to their um, their best state. And that's what you can do in those pyramids. So just so those that are wondering what I'm doing there with that image, it looks, some people have told me it looks a little creepy. And I'm like, well, I guess that's your perception. I'm not trying to give it that look, but it's, again, putting them in a loving environment because they're crystal line structures, just like we are. So that's what I was doing there. Um, I don't know if you had any questions. I, I, want? I, want, I want to point something out that, so when when you get any of these crystal skulls from Derek, They've already been sort of zeroed out. They've been the, the, all the programming that may have come in their creation and everything else is basically zeroed out, except the things that should be there. Uh, yeah, I, I'll add on to that. You're 100 percent right. I appreciate you putting that out, and I'll give you an example of just what Nancy's saying. Six and okay, there were 200 of these that we brought in that were actual crystal. The other couple hundred are just minerals. Uh, uh, tiger's eye, whatever. So different ones. Six of the crystal ones came in with attachments, uh, entities, call it whatever you want, but already somebody perceiving through them. So, and actually Maureen was the first one that picked up on one of them. Um, and it was, it was a really loud one as well. Actually, it, it's like hearing voices in your head sort of deal. So it depends on your level of perception. Each person's different, but you'll hear, hear it or feel the frequencies or anything like that. And so I'd go over, you know, I'd find out which one was doing it because you could, I don't know how to tell you that. It's it's a, oh, well, <clears throat> it's like a feeling. So let's say your friend walked into the room and they were upset and they didn't tell you they were upset and you couldn't see tears in their eyes or anything like that, but you just knew it. You felt it. That's a level of perception. Your spider senses went off, the tingling, call it whatever, intuition. But you can use those and hone them such. And then what I did was found out that, again, six of them had, well, there were straight up entities in them. And I, I was like, well, that's interesting. Why would that be? Is it somebody that wanted to visit mystical wares or, you know, who knows? There's so many things that can happen out there. So on the one, I took it back. Um, let's just call it remoting. I remoted, followed them back to see what had happened. And it was actually in a room where they were making these skulls. And I, I don't know, a couple dozen people were in the room with these little grinders and just all going at it. Um, and there were entities in, and I'm just default into the word entity entities in the room and i'm not saying negative ones just entities just individuals um in that room where the skulls were being made and occasionally they were getting into them again consciousness construct putting a level of their frequency in it so that when that skull in this case made it to mystical wares they more easily had a foothold or handhold here in the 3d for their perception through the skull they took a ride they got to check out the u.s because these skulls didn't originate here and then they're in mystical wares and then if it was an entity not in alignment with love, that, that loving frequency, well, that's why I was putting them in the pyramid to, well, maybe this isn't the environment for you sort of thing. 
Um, but none of them went anywhere. They're all, let's just say, positive entities in this case. So there was no issues. But that is something that, to be aware of. Are you supposing that they're looking for the people that own them? Or I shouldn't say own them, but, you know, purchase them? They knew where they were going. So these ones, I chatted with him. He says, oh, I know where we're ending up. This one was bound for mystical wares. So basically, when you're out of this reality, you can perceive the larger reality and see where the next step is. So this particular entity knew, oh, well, this person carving this skull, it's going to end up going to Arizona. And then, oh, this crazy guy, Derek's going to buy, bring it to Washington State and blah, blah, blah. That was the trip they wanted to go on. So that's just kind of what happened. I love those stories. <laughs> so we got about seven minutes till the top of the hour. What would you like to... Mark, do you have anything to add or question? Um, <clears throat> I don't know if Derek had any uh, road stories uh, as far as highlights or um, shungiting anything on the way or back. Um, mm. Any kind of uh, 5G uh, streetlights or unusual technology um, when he was driving. Yeah, I'm trying to think about on this last trip on what was going on because I do do so many and I like to take different routes. Um, gen on, on this one, well, actually, actually there was, now that I think about it, out in the Mojave Desert, so, well, kind of near Area 51 yet again because I tend to go through that area a lot. Um, there's, I don't even know what it is. It's hard to even talk about because there's whole new installations of... Well, it has to be government stuff out there, towers and devices. And basically, when I drive by these areas, I'm picking up on what I default to and just call the frequencies because um, I can feel them. And sometimes there's it's like a radio channel we have that we're not being told about. They'll tell you about AM and FM radio and maybe HD radio. Well, there's a whole nother set of we'll just say radio stations out there. They're not acknowledging or layers of this reality where information is passed. Um, it's just like. I don't know how many decades ago, Nancy, you'll know about this, but let's just go with, I probably got to go longer than 50 or 60 years ago, but before fax machines were commonplace, they were used all over the planet for decades. Information being transmitted, they were used for submarines and all sorts of things for sending stuff, but nobody knew about it, so they didn't know to look there. All they had to know is, well, get an antenna on that frequency and you'll get all the information. You just have to know it's there. So that's, they are doing, I'll say they, but you know, the ones that believe they're in charge are out there working on other other levels that we're just not being told about. So they're, they're getting a part of the game board that they're not acknowledging. <clears throat> um, and that affects all of us on the emotion levels or layers. So let's just say that we have three bodies, physical, emotion, and energy. There's more. But on the emotional layer, the, the overwhelming, the sensations, the anxieties, those that often those energies come in, that's the ones they're turning up the frequency on. And they're having an effect on us. So all of a sudden, the little things in life will make us get all anxious or we walk into a room or environment and we're overwhelmed with energies. Um, we call it all different things. Well, they're mucking around in those fields, fields as far as frequency fields, um, and, and triggering a lot of us. So they are doing that. That's something, you know, I don't know, it's not new, but it's getting a whole lot more obvious to someone like me. Um, and then it's straight up just installations out there in the desert. You can see sometimes it just depends on which one we're talking about. Um, so yeah, there's lots going on there. I'm trying to think about anything, no real sightings of anything. It was kind of a fast trip. Um, so not a whole lot. I didn't get much, you know, downtime to play or go run around in the desert. 
Uh, my daughter Libby and I did for a couple hours one day. Um, so we, uh, well, one of the unusual things when we go out there, and my dad's lived in this part of the desert for decades, and for some reason, the animal life always comes up around my daughter and myself, um, be it just the really rare elk that are out there to unusual birds, all sorts, I can go on and on, all sorts of creatures. And we'll go back and, oh, dad, we saw this, that, and the other. Here's why well, I haven't seen those. I know they're supposed to be here. Well, this is an every time occasion. When we're out there, we get unusual, um, just animals just coming up to us or popping out of nowhere and checking us out sort of thing. It's all frequency. They, they know we're not there to harm them. They can see these other levels just like we can. So that's kind of neat to, to get out of the cities and get out there where nature will just walk right up to you, be it some rare elk or, again, I don't know, eagles landing right 10 feet from you on the ground to who knows what else. Um, so that's, that's always a lot of fun. Yeah, you got to get out in nature to see this stuff. <laughs> you know, you're so, you're so blessed that you've got, you know, a lifestyle that takes you out there. But in everybody's life, there are amazing little things that are happening around you that you just got to pay attention to. You know, don't just don't walk by that that lizard that's on the bush. You know, stop and look at the lizard. Because there's so much communication that we miss because we don't take the time to smell the roses. <laughs> yeah. Smell the roses or perceive the crystals and gems. Absolutely. Right. Oh, yeah. Got to take advantage of that downtime and actually expand yourself. I need to take more time for that, too. I know we have limited time, so not much time to get in too many stories right now until after the break. Well, we can take the break now. It's going to be four minutes. Um, okay, it's four minutes all together. This is the, what I'm going to play is Craig Stewart's Shungite. We are the we the people, and that was written by Craig uh, specifically for me, and it's about Shungite. And I just I just really love this song. Um, but also after that, we've got a uh, a new. Uh, ad so to speak <laughs> it's called save 10 because you can save 10% off the cost of everything that you might buy there by just using the coupon code save 10 right that's true right yes Derek confirm that absolutely 10% off your entire order by putting save 10 in the promo code box there you go so Craig Stewart Shungite we the people Borman.
never gonna go away. Cosmic Reality Radio is sponsored by Mystical Wares Online Store, the world's largest inventory of Shungite products and energy devices, where coupon code SAVE10 will get you 10% off your entire order, including any of the extensive metaphysical and mineral products offered at mysticalwares.net. SAVE10 for 10% off. And welcome back to the Shungite Reality Show. It is March 23rd, 2021. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Derek Condent and um, Mark Joseph. I think Derek's back. Yes, you're back, Derek? He's probably still opening the store. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. So, Mark, um, anything you'd like to, to comment on regarding what we talked about? No, you guys covered it pretty thoroughly. Uh, I wanted to get into how to best access the radio shows because, mm, you know, yeah. with with um, yeah, big tech closing in on everybody on everything. Like, I mean, for me, uh, the best way to, best way to get the shows is through um, uh, phone iTunes. So if you have that app on your phone and then subscribe to Cosmic Reality Radio Show, um, the downloads will be automatic. So once I have a Wi-Fi connection on my phone, then I get the shows and then just listen that way. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because, um, okay, so YouTube, and most people know this by now, YouTube uh, went back to 2018 and 2020 to find two strikes to take me down, not for three weeks, which is what normally happens, but for three months. Um. So then I went over to uh, BitChute, and then I went, well, first I went to uh, Rumble, and then I went to BitChute, and Rumble was doing okay, but the guy that set that up had said that he wanted a competition to YouTube on videos of funny things that kids and, and animals do. He wasn't into any kind of a big 
you know, place for conspiracy nuts to be able to post. That wasn't where he was at. Um, and I was a little bit leery that the traffic that he could get, you know, something would happen to it. So that did happen. And what happened was that they limited how long a video you can put up. And uh, that I got that from the code they kept giving me when I tried to I put up an hour, two-hour show, nope, some code 12, code 12. And so then code 12 came up for a one-hour show. So then I Googled the, Googled it, searched um, the uh, term, you know, mumble code 12, and other people were having the same issue, and it, nobody knew exactly what it was, but they all suspected it was because the files were too big for the for what Rumble wanted to be. And then over on BitChute, uh, the last program I put up was an hour show, an hour show, and it took four days for it to load. Well, it goes up, but then four days to process. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't have that kind of time. It's ridiculous. Um, so then I looked at it, you know, I talked to somebody about BitChute. And they said that BitChute limited you to like 50 videos. And if you go to 50 videos, they stop you from loading any more up until you have a 1,000 subscribers. Well, that's pretty hard to do. I know how long it took me to get you know, a thousand up on YouTube. Um, so I'd be limited to 50 videos and, and, you know, that's, that's nothing in, in my world. Um, so I've decided that I'm not going to spend my time trying to get these videos up because, Hey, they're not exactly videos. They're a video format, uh, platform. So what, where you have to go to get them is you go to, uh, CosmicReality.com, go to the radio tab and, and let it drop down and you'll see archives. On the archives, you'll see a button for podcast. You go to the podcast and you're going to enter the world that Mark just alluded to where all these different places that you can download for free, uh, some of them are subscribers, but for free basically, um, shows. And you can get the cosmic reality media shows, all the radio shows that we do, um, on that format. But the link takes you to the station, our station, as a downloader of podcasts, but only ours. So you can do it there, or you can subscribe to, like he says, iTunes or Apple or even Amazon's got a thing, and you can do it that way. Now, the other way of doing it is to stay on the archive page, and you'll see on the left-hand side, you've got a list of, by week of all of our shows. So you just click on that, and it'll take you to a, a, a show list, a weekly show list, that has each show. You can listen to it there. If I've done a video for it, it will be there. And you can also download it right there. So um, the archives is, is, you know the way that I would recommend most people go if you're not into the podcast thing, but there's an awful lot of people. That's growing. Um, so the other thing on the right-hand side of that archives page, you're going to see a list of places you can go to pick up, like the Chronicles. Like uh, now, now, when I do, a, uh, we got a show that's called Cosmic Reality Chronicles. In the Chronicles, that's old cosmic reality shows. 
But if you look at that, it's early, early shows that we did. And there's a link to those kind of shows. So um, we're still there. We're still doing it. But the, we don't have, the video um, platforms just aren't good enough. So if anybody comes across one that seems really sweet, you know, uh, let me know. Okay, so, Mark, where would you like to go now? Um, since Derek's back, I wanted to get into his interview from last week, the Crow 777 uh, show he was on. I uh, highly recommend other people listen to that, a lot of good stories. Uh, one of the ones, I guess, in connection to um, uh, his, his uh, trip down to Arizona was he had a good story about five five G uh, streetlights on the West Coast and how um, you know the LED lights, and I think they were five G, right, Derek? I don't know if you want to get into that a little bit. Oh, sure. No, no, no problem at all. Yeah, we're, what he's talking about is um, over the last couple of years, actually, they've been expanding these things, and they're, they're just calling them streetlights, um, or that's what they're 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 making them look like along the highways. So I'm talking about specifically Interstate Five on the West Coast here in the U.S. Um, is one of the spots. Of course, it's many more that I've seen since then. But along I-5 in certain corridors, um, <clears throat> and we're talking about usually kind of out in what we call the boonies, so not in the big built-up areas where you would need directly on the interstate, a, I don't know, a dozen or so. So it's usually about, I don't know, I'd guesstimate a half a mile long stretch where just all of a sudden you're driving under these um, new street lights, and they all have frequency antennas, so transmitters and receivers on the top of them, and they're LED lights, uh, and they're just sending out frequencies. Now, of course, I'm not decoding the frequency as I'm perceiving it driving through there. It's not a biocompatible one. It's definitely what I would just straight up call harmful anyway because I can feel those, and that's 5G as well does that. So there's overlaying frequencies too, but long story short, they're putting, they're forcing any drivers that are driving on Interstate 5 to drive through these um, little frequency pockets or patches we'll call them for and again i don't know the reasons why but they're definitely doing it and they're expanding and these lights we'll call them do communicate to each other and again i don't know what they're what information they're transmitting they are reading on certain levels what's in the vehicles passing through individuals and electronics so it's it's kind of like being scanned let's put it this way it feels and appears on every level to me as if it is a larger TSA type, um, type of, I don't know, environment container, but on the highways you drive through. So that's what they're doing, whether they acknowledge it or not. Um, and it's in many spots now. Now it's gotten down more south. Pick your state, Washington, Oregon, California, and the coast. I've seen it in all three now. And again, they're just smaller pockets of these very high street lights. And you can see a little, um, well, it looks kind of like a little satellite trans receiver on top of them. Um, that doesn't, and that'll, that's one way of getting, you know, but they have definitely have frequency field. Right? What, what, what highway systems are you seeing them on? Are they federal highway systems, state, county? Interstate. So interstate. Interstate. I, I, should, I should have said that. Interstate. Correct. Which is uh, federal. Not on highways. So, Are those yep. federal? Uh, I, I don't know how to answer that. I would, I don't know. I, no I mean, the maintenance of them, I think, are by state, but I, I'm because I'm, I'm wondering how they're getting by putting these things up. You know, is it? I mean, because normally That's, you would have st the state doing zoning or something. Somebody would have, you know, in the five G 
world would sort of have tweaked to this, I think. But if this is something that's being mandatory by federal standards, then that's a different thing, and it's just a question. But you might okay. not know it. I, well, obviously. Yeah, I'll give you, that's okay. I'll give you a lot, another perspective on it, too, though. So they don't. it's not even a big deal having a trans receiver, they're called, on lights because they do that. Maybe at certain times they want to turn them on and off or whatever. The bigger thing is these lights are emanating a frequency, which is so a field, which is then readable or perceivable by another device. And I'll just tell you, it's satellites. What they're doing, turning on these, um, so I'll give you a visual. Think interstate, so large highway going through state to state, and in these pockets, again, oh, maybe half mile or so long, um, peppered by these special lights, they're forming an environment that you're driving through with a certain frequency there. And then all I have to do, think, turn on, make it really simple, just turn on a satellite, tune it to a certain frequency, just like X-ray or the TSA or all these other ones, you'll perceive what's within that field. And it could be an item in your backpack or an energy field around you, because there's many layers around certain individuals. And so they would set off certain alarms. So um, there's lots of things they can do. My imagination alone, I could go at 100 different spots with that. Well, maybe I want to see on this computer screen what individuals or humans that have attained this certain frequency um, that are driving through this environment. And then you can then think record because each human has their own field or frequency field and it's very unique. You can tag them energetically. Now that you have that frequency of that, that let's just say that one human driving through there that you saw, oh, wait a minute, they're becoming more, they're becoming active, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you're in the mindset you want to have an effect on them, then you now etherically have them tagged. All you have to do is record the frequency field, the energy, and then you can locate somebody. And that's how I do it, by the way. So if somebody walks in my office for a session and they say, well, my brother in Florida or Georgia, wherever the heck they are, it doesn't matter. All they have to do to me is just have the thought. They don't even have to say the name. Boom, the frequency's there. I can tap into it. And all of a sudden, that individual pops in my room. A few feet above them, hazy, you know, kind of ghost-like. But I can, you know, communicate and do whatever I'm doing with them. It's just a channel. Again, a frequency field, but that's what they're doing there. It's a, as far as I'm concerned, it's a large, you know, not TSA, but TSA like scanning device that they're just doing massive vehicles going through, gathering whatever information they're looking for. And it can be a whole lot of things. Um, TSA isn't scanning your feet or shoes for bombs. I mean, are people still believing that? No, there's an electronic connection on the floor that with little feet painted on it actually you're going to put there and that's your connection and there's actually making that whole field inside of you they're blowing air and they're trying to get little particles for sense but that's not what it's about it's about frequency they're reading your aura long story short is what they're doing and for that electron connection you need the bare feet it's not about a shoe bomber that never happened by the way so there's there's lots to it but it's a scanning environment just because some people may not have ever heard this story I don't know if it's if it's you know because they keep changing these upgrading these dang things right, but uh, myself I went through um, one of those things accidentally. <laughs> it's a long story. I won't go through them, um, but this time I, I just I, I I didn't realize I was because they make them so you don't even realize you're walking through them, and all of a sudden the guy's saying to me stop and I what stop what and turn oh God. you know and I'm such a good slave I didn't turn you know and then I realized oh my god I'm in this dang thing you know 
but I still had uh, shungite rubber in my shoes that you know that I hadn't taken off. I still had the bracelets on, you know, that I hadn't taken off. And um, so, sure enough, they dragged me aside and they scanned me with some other tool thingy, and then they they were looking for dynamite <laughs> because the shungite had, and it was probably the S four in it because supposedly colloidal silver will do the same thing tripped these things into looking for shungite, I mean for uh, dynamite, explosives. Well then, Lee Brown, she went through and she had taken off this stuff. Everything, you know, she had two bracelets on, taken that off, the pendant, taken it off, and she went through and she was pulled aside and they did the same thing to her. But she could see the image that they saw that, that tripped them, right? And she saw where she had had the bracelets the shungite and the pendant, there was a glow to it, a red glow on those spots. And that was with the shungite off of them because of the residual field that we have for shungite that lasts, you know, who knows how long. Not days, but hours. So I just wanted to point that out. You there? As you're talking while I'm muted, of course. Yeah, I'm starting with the mouse. Um, yeah, oh, uh, that's... That makes total sense, and I, I give you a little more insight onto it. Think of, and this happened to me too, when I pass through those scanners, my phone gets wiped, my music list, all sorts of things, um, and I'm not the only one that happens to. But also, that is happening to an energy field, your one of your bioenergy fields, people. So when you're walking through there, they're not just zapping your phones and deleting some stuff. That's usually a, a symptom of what they're doing. They're actually trying to remove or weaken a certain energy layer around you and they can call it, we're looking for bombs, guns, all that kind of stuff, whatever. They're weakening one of your energy fields that helps you connect to more. So, because um, I have to, I regenerate mine after I walk out of there. I'm like, oh, well, that was interesting. I saw what you guys did. It's like laking, ripping a sheet off of you or your blankets in the middle of the night, making you shiver so you can't dream. You wake up. And they're just, they're keeping you on edge the whole time. And that's what those are doing. Because I can just straight up feel and see the frequency. And I'm like, well, that's not positive. It's like, you know, spraying a bunch of glue on you or something, etherically, and people just don't know it. So then that's that whole heart-brain coherence, generate the love field to overwhelm and reset your own energy drive or hard drive kind of thing. So they're doing a lot with those things, the scanners and the um, the ones over the uh, there's highways and such. So it's I would just be, you know, be aware of it, that that stuff exists. And do your own internal work, working on yourself frequency-wise. Um, and that's the best way to have an effect on your environment. Just know that stuff's out there. Don't get too worked up into it emotionally or energetically because then you're feeding to it and weakening yourself. Know that you're tough and armored and can get through these things. And it will be such. But in case if we wanted additional um, layers of armor, what, what could we get in your store? that could uh, assist with that. Mm -hmm. No, that's great. Actually, one good thing, believe it or not, even the shungite honey is a good one because that you can um, has shungite in it. So that can be put on topically, internally, either way. But having that in your biofield, and that, that can mean even a jar sitting next to you, by the way, because raw organic honey has, of course, living enzymes and antibacterial, lots of good stuff. I won't worry with all of that. It's not a honey show. But having that living energy in a raw, unpasteurized honey with the addition of shungite in it, which is what we have, or shungite near it, um, will help 
not just restore the living energies you need, but with the shungite, it'll help remove the excess. So it's a whole little energy container, not just a jar of honey. So that's one suggestion I would say. Um, another one you can do, if, if you're somebody's of the mindset of using rocks and crystals and gems, I would mentioned earlier about selenite being a um, kind of like a sponge for energy. Well, you can have something like selenite with you in the vehicle and just have your intentions decide, well, whatever excess or anything not good for me, I'd prefer to go into that selenite kind of thing. And it will absorb energies and then take in and cleanse it one of a hundred different ways, the selenite. Um, and then that helped you go through the environment, kind of like an energy raincoat. If you're going to go from A to B and you're going to be in that harmful or wet environment, put on the raincoat or selenite in the energy um, state. So that's one. And those different selenite shapes are available on mysticalwares.net website. Okay, on the concept of cleansing, um, people have over the years asked about you have to clean and recharge shungite. No, neither. Because shungite connects to the quantum field. And the quantum field continually energizes it. And because of its unique properties, any, uh, let's say, energy that doesn't belong there is just gone. So, to me, the best way of cleaning anything or recharging anything is with shungite. So, if you're using selenite, have the shungite with it. And it's continually being recharged and cleansed. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah, they can positive, negative, absolutely. Yeah, and they'll, they'll work off of each other. They're just tools. And then, you know, use your intentions and thoughts to, you know, decide what the tools do. You can even bury selenite in the ground, different crystals. There's, you know, sunshine and in the ground for the electron exchange, the earthing or grounding helps with it as well. Having your crystals around shungite. We even sell small selenite and shungite bowls now that you can put other rocks and gems and crystals, prescription drugs, vitamins, whatever you're led to put in there to have an effect on that. So there's lots of uses. Just get creative. And then uh, actually an add-on for Mark as well. In that environment, because, uh, and we're talking about the different, um, the, the lights and different um, harmful frequencies, really what never leaves my side is the, the cosmic silver shungite, the, the shungite nuggets and or pendants that I tumble in pure silver for three days. That's just a phenomenal boost energetically. Um, and, and you can do that at home if you have the, the ingredients and the mindset to do it. But um, having those ingredients around you are very beneficial um, as far as you regenerating your own. So driving through these environments, even I, and not that I can't be, but often um, the energies won't affect me as much. But even in this case, they do. They'll, they'll weaken a certain energy field. And then the Cosmic Silver Shungai helps me regenerate it myself. So again, it's like a, it's a tool. So really any shungite around you would be beneficial because then you're continually grounding. And just like Nancy said, shungite holds, let's just say, one foot in the quantum level. So it never, it, it continually removes excess electrons and basically breaks them into their constituents. So let's say heavy energy one, whatever that is, is in your environment and we're, we call it 5G down here in 3D or something. Well, when that energy gets around the cosmic shungite, it actually breaks it apart into its ingredients so they're not uh, like think a set recipe so if you put certain ingredients together and you make a meal maybe it tastes bad because that recipe wasn't good for you but the ingredients that doesn't necessarily mean the ingredients are bad 
They're just not in the right combination or recipe for you. And that's where shung, cosmic silver shungite comes in. It will affect the ingredients in your environment, the energies, the feelings, the frequencies, and align them to you, which may not necessarily be the same as your significant other or your brother, your sister or whatever. So that's why it's such a useful tool having shungite around you. And then the silver adds the physical biocompatibility aspect, the physical part. So it ties it in. So that's why it's such a wonderful tool. So you're saying for um, the cosmic silver, that can be used, you know, that'll be on me. And then if these street lights are 5G, then that'll break apart that frequency as far as its harmfulness, right? Because um, I know in some major intersections, not, I mean, uh, highways or over bridges, they tend to put stuff underground too that we can't see. Um, so having the cosmic silver on all the time will, is, is uh, a good enough, you, you'd say? Yeah. So actually, yes, I would. And we're all actually walking around humans in a toroidal field. That, and there's many of those toroidal or donut shapes within our body. Each organ has one. But long story short, our bigger biofield around us is a big torus shape, a big old donut that's moving up and down as it gets narrow in the tube. It kind of goes down your spine. Think Kundalini. There's a reason for that. Um, so what these different frequencies, be it underground or above ground or wherever, do, they're affecting that field. They're trying to make it less cohesive, less perceivable, because that field, that, that torus shape, is where your imagination, your heart, your love, your feelings, all the frequencies in, are, exist in that field, and that's where you can you know, perceive them from. So they're basically disrupting it. Think Etch-A-Sketch. They're grabbing your Etch-A-Sketch and shaking it up every few seconds when you're in the, you're, you know, good luck on reading what you're trying to do on the Etch-A-Sketch. And I don't have a better analogy, sorry. But that's what they're doing. They're being disruptive so that we never reach our energetic potential and become full energy beings down here. We have access to all sorts of things, all these abilities people talk about. They're not abilities. They're understandings. You just have to have the time and wherewithal and, you know, not get so disrupted down here to perceive those understandings. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, again, abilities turn on and you get higher perceptions, intuition, energy working, all sorts of things. So, yeah, that Cosmic Silver Shungai helps you in from your heart field is where all this energy starts. And that's why I like the pendants being worn around your neck. Having that Cosmic Silver Shungai in your heart field helps you regenerate from the inside out so that you stay more in a, in your own field. Um, so it's, yeah, there's lots of ways of looking at it, but that's, that's how I regenerate as well. I want to give an, uh, an example. When I, um, you know, this energy on the highways, a few years back, I was going with my family to a, a funeral and we were driving on the interstate and Dolly messaged me that the interstate is, yeah, there, it's, it's the road system connecting all of the, uh, the states. And I believe, I know it was built under uh, Eisenhower's administration. Or that's when they started it. Um, but I still don't know, you know, who's the legal, who would, who would be able to put these things up without local interference. Um, but anyway, that's just me. So we're driving along, and all of a sudden I would get this overwhelming feeling of awfulness. Like, oh, my God, you know, what the heck? And... It ha you know, and you got people in the car, and you're talking to people, so you sort of like acknowledge the fact that you just feel like crap all of a sudden. But then you're talking to people, so you f you forget that you you know you're not you're okay, you're okay. And then, boom, it happens again. Well, after the third time, I realized that I was getting hit about every 20 miles, 
in this particular area. And I realized that the uh, normal distance between these towers is 20 miles in that kind of an environment. And I'm going like, oh, my God. And I did not have, I had the um, Shungite silver, uh, the silver, I don't, I think I might have had the silver pendant. I'm not sure. No, I didn't. I think I had just a regular a regular pendant on. For some reason, I didn't have the pendants that I would normally be wearing. Not sure why. But what happened was that my sister was sitting next to me. She says, oh, by the way, and she reaches into her purse and pulls out a Shanghai turtle that I had given her. It was one of the first ones we made, and I had given it to her specifically because of her health problems and her neurological uh, situation she's got and to put it in the hot tub and so they put it in the hot tub and her husband thinks I'm a nut so they put it in the she put it in the hot tub the husband comes home and he goes oh something's wrong with the hot tub it's all full of bubbles yes it was it was, it was designed to make oxygen so you didn't need any of these chemicals in this thing right doing what it want what it was supposed to do but instead of calling me and saying what yeah, blah 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 no they just took it out and turned it off because it, these things will turn on and off by intention so um, she pulls this thing out, and I see this turtle, and I'm going like, oh, my God, you know? And I turn it on, and I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. You know, I just was like, oh, this feels so good. And after that, I did not get hit again. I mean, it was like, it was such a, it was such a shield that I was actually not getting hit. Or they ran out of them. But when we went back through the same area, I didn't get hit. So, uh, yeah, Shungite is uh, a very, very powerful medium, especially when it's Shungite in silver, or silver-saturated. It's all the same thing. You see silver Shungite or silver-saturated Shungite is the same thing. Cosmic silver, it's all the same thing. It's Shungite with silver in it. Well, you know, that's how we get this, this thing. You, you have to tumble it for three days. Pure, sh well, 99.9% .9 silver. Uh, pretty amazing stuff. Anyway, turn it on. What do you guys? Yeah, I don't know, Mark. If you had any other questions or areas you wanted to go? Yeah. So in your interview last week, you were talking about any kind of water that we drink has passed through at least four people. I was wondering if you could um, elaborate on that. That was a curious uh, statement you said. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's so. Um, water, of course, you know, being a crystalline structure is programmable. It holds energy, and we all know this. Um, well, in, so we're talking about a water molecule. So, yes, just one water molecule. And it's just been worked out mathematically and whatnot by bigger brains than mine. Um, that, and even you talk, talk to the atomic level. So when somebody passes on this planet, the atoms then, you know, disperse. And over time, they, they pass through different people. But on the water one... Yes, any water molecules that we drink, because water is recycled, um, of course, so it gets used and it is technically passed through, on the average, about four different individuals um, before it's gotten to you. And that's just in our, what we'll say, time frame. Um, so knowing that, well, that means that, let's just go with the water molecule um, image, uh, that little shape of molecule going through you. Well, that's programmable and picks up frequencies and energies, and not just some, everything. All energy, all information can be held in one molecule. It's not like it has to be a doorway. You can perceive it that way, but everything can be held in that because there's no volume 
to really anything technically, and I won't get too much into that. Um, so yes, everything can be held, and that means feelings, emotions of individuals in water. So it would be beneficial. Um, it is for me, and again, I don't want to assume everybody's you know has the same thought process, but to love or structure, they call it structure water or M state water or living water, lots of ways of saying it to you biocompatibly. So when I hold water and there's other ways of doing it. So I use our shungite water beads, for example, we'll do the same thing. And that's just three shungite beads wound together with pure silver or 99.9% pure silver wire. Um, and then you can drop that in your water. And what it does is molecularly aligns the water molecules to you as an individual. So it's more biocompatible. And this is, these have been scientific studies. So basically, if you hold that glass of water that, again, has been through others and other places and machines and water pumps and pipes with 45-degree turns, and when crystalline structures or anything else goes through turns or sharp angles like that that don't exist in nature, molecularly, they unstructure. So think grabbing a puzzle, breaking it all up, shaking it up in a bunch of pieces. It doesn't know what it is. So when you drink that glass of water, your body sees something coming in, but it's not aligned biocompatibly to you unless you did something like, again, shungite water beads or holding the water, tell it you love it, generate that, that empathic or welling up sensation around your heart and just hold the water. So then when you now drink that glass of water, or it could be coffee, tea, whatever, drink because there's water molecules and all of that, of course, or crystalline structures. You drink it, your body will identify it as something in alignment with you. So now you'll drink that shungite water or living water, you can call it, and your body will absorb 90% of it and you'll excrete about 10. If you And this has all been scientifically proven. If you don't take the time to do that, to, again, love your water, charge, energize it in one of these ways, you drink that water, your body won't identify it as water or in alignment with you, and you're going to absorb maybe 10% and excrete 10 well, welcome to America, where almost everybody's dehydrated, and probably not just America, but anywhere, um, because this isn't known. And the fix is not to go buy expensive water from this place or the other, or big expensive Kangen machines to affect the pH. And by the way, your pH changes all the time. So it's not always beneficial just to drink that one pH number, for those that know what I'm talking about. So it's best to just hold that water in your energy field in your hand, have the thought or intention that you love it. You don't have to say it out loud so nobody thinks you're crazy around you, and you wouldn't be, and then drink it. And then you're going to be, it again, they call it M-state or living water. It's more biocompatible. And I was, I was kind of commenting everybody in America because our water is such, be it chemically treated or the pipes or the pumps or the environments, um, these water towers, look up at them someday and see if they haven't turned it into a cell phone tower in your neighborhood. They sure are around here. Um, not that often, you know, water's always going through those anymore, but sometimes they still are. And then having those frequency fields or, you know, wrapped with satellite or uh, cell phone antennas, well, that's definitely not biocompatible as far as I'm concerned. And it makes it, you know, not living water or structured water. And for those that haven't already heard, Dr. Emoto is just one of the many scientists in the more recent future that has done these studies. Um, but And then there's lots more to that, but it's definitely worth taking your time to align your water with you. And it takes seconds. It's not a big meditation moment. You don't have to throw salt over your shoulder or find that quiet spot in your head I keep joking about. No, have the intention that that water is good for you and just love it and then drink it. And then it's gonna be more biocompatible.
great. Thank you. You can say that about anything, including your food. Correct. You know, I th- yeah, I think we're in the in a, in a time frame where we have to be mindful. Everything that we do, we really have to start, you know, being mindful of it. Instead of just pouring the water and drinking it, be mindful. Think, this is my water. This is me. Don't Choose what energy performance, yeah. especially your physical body and your energy body. That's something going in there. You won't, I mean, you might want to decide what it is, not just choose randomly. Or trust that drinking out of a plastic bottle hasn't done anything. Or a metal, uh, a, a suggestion, I only drink from wood containers, ceramic containers, or glass. Never metals and plastic. And I don't care if the plastic bottle says, I'm BPA-free. Well, what do you think they replaced BPA, that chemical, with? It wasn't love. It was another chemical. And your body does not need a chemical in it. So there's lots of, in the metal, even that they say stainless steel. Well, no, there are particulates coming off of that stainless steel, just like your metal utensils, your forks and knives and spoons are really shiny when you buy them. A couple months later, they're more dull. Well, that wasn't an environmental thing. That was your sandpaper tongue taking off particles every time you put a piece of metal in your mouth with every bite of food. So all of that makes a difference. Even your metal forks and spoons, if we haven't talked about it, are programmable. I eat with... Just a suggestion, bamboo utensils. You can get them anywhere for about a dollar each. I'm talking about, yeah, a bamboo fork, a spoon, knife, all of that. So that you're not putting those metal particles. You're an, a biocompatible energy field. You're a radio as an individual. Think of it. Well, w- it wouldn't be smart to throw a bunch of random metal particles or aluminum foil on an antenna if you're trying to pick up other perceptions or realities. So, if, again, if you're woohoo minded, like I have we have talked about it in the past, and I did listen to you. I had already started questioning the the, the, the look of the silverware, and I went to bamboo. And I got to tell you, people out there, it's a whole new way of eating, and I highly recommend it. But when you go to buy them, be aware that you can buy some that are reusable, because the ones you first see are the ones that they throw away. Uh, yep. You know, so you know, just be aware that you got to search. They'll cost. They'll cost you a little more. You'll have to replace them. Um, but the the difference is amazing. So I'm just throwing that out. That. No, I appreciate you saying that, Nancy. And even things like, well, think if you were eating soup and you grab a metal spoon. I mean, just the pH. Instantly, if somebody's not aware of that, the taste, the flavor. We get so acclimated to having little aluminum, metal, and steel particles in our mouths. Some of us actually believe the old cast iron pans are a good idea. That's not biocompatible iron. That's very harmful iron. So people say, well, it holds the flavor. Well, yeah, it does. It holds a lot more than that, too. So I would suggest not touching those old, you know, I'll joke and call them cowboy pans, um, the old cast iron ones, or Teflon. That's that's harmful that causes cancer that's what's in there you can buy ceramic pots and pans glass ones that will cook your food just fine without putting those non-biocompatible particles in every bite or drink that you take and you can clean the bamboo silverware too or not silverware bamboo utensils rinse them off get them in hot water and use them for you'll you'll figure out um on how often you use them when you need to replace some sort of thing um, but yeah, it, it changes the taste of your food to the way it should be, meaning it doesn't change the taste. It leaves it unaltered by the metals and the pHs and all of that stuff. And they work just fine. It's also a feel in the mouth. 
You know, I oh, mean, yeah. it's, it's just a whole different experience. Experience, and I also followed your advice, and I got the ceramic pants, um, and that makes a a, a difference. Um, yeah, the, away from the Teflons, and I know you're not using it, Nancy, but the PTFEs, that Teflon causes cancer. And by the way, anybody wearing the blue, what do they call them, M95 or something masks? Well, Google it, look at it, see what layer they sprayed in the middle of that. Um, well, PTFEs in the mask, you're breathing through that. So no wonder the orgone flow or living energy flow is affected as you wear the masks. So they wait a minute, wait a minute, let's stop because you've said this before and I really want to get it in my head. You're saying that they spray those masks with Teflon? PTFE, so a chemical compound that is in Teflon that causes cancer. So you can call it whatever you want, but yes, they are. And everybody don't believe a word I'm saying. Get on the internet, search it, look into it and see that yes, those typically the blue ones are sprayed with the PTFEs, which is what is in Teflon that causes cancer. So, I mean, why is it better to breathe air through this when it's clearly not good to even have your food on it? I mean, there's just no – we are not chemical um, entities, so there's not a good chemical for us. Um, natural compounds are what's good. So there's, there's no right answer. That's why I was kind of joking earlier saying, well, they may say BPA-free. That doesn't mean grab the container and eat it anyway. That means they just haven't told you about the – BPA two or and I'm making it up. Whatever the next chemical is, they replace it. So there's just be aware of that. And that's why I'd limit your packaging. I mean, even all our food. If it comes to your cereal box, your if you buy cereal and it's in that plastic bag, well, every little particle is touching that plastic. There is it, it moves over there. It touches it. You're going to be eating some of those particles. Unless you've taken the cereal and put it into a shungite refrigerator. That will have an effect. You can even buy cereal. And so it's not a big cereal kick here, but let's say you wanted cereal or your flours or sugars, things like that. Um, and I know some of those are in paper bags. But then you can get it in bulk and where you, it's not sitting in that container. And it's really more of an issue with heat extremes and energy extremes if a food is, you know, it's like a, a bottle of water in your car in a hot day. Well, a big difference because that heat is moving those molecules of the plastic water bottle and some are sloughing off into your water. That's why when you drink it, you're tasting plastic. And that's why it's not a good idea to hook, drink out of a hose or hook up your hose to water because that water's running through that plastic hose, pulling particles. And well, guess what you're drinking? Same with a straw. Straws are a terrible idea. There are paper straws. Those aren't bad. Of course, limited use. But it's a terrible idea to stick a plastic straw in anything. I don't care if it's loving living water. You just spend a half an hour aligning to you biocompatibly. You just pulled it through a plastic straw. And so there's always watch what the, the particles touch that are going into your vehicle, your body. Wow, you just, uh, you always, so now I can't ever use a straw again, which I don't normally yeah. use anyway. But I will, put it, I will put it in the drink and stir. And I never, oh, sure. I mean, I never even thought about it. You're right. <laughs> no, there's bamboo straws. There's glass, I was glass straw sitting right next to me. You can get them online and they're cleanable. They give you a little pipe cleaner things you put through them. So there are glass straws. There's nothing wrong with straws. I'm not an anti-straw person. I'm an anti-toxic <laughs> chemical and metal. So yeah, don't use the metals, those type of things. Oh, good Lord. I know, now you can think, oh no, how do I eat? Do I just lower my head in a trough now? No, <laughs> no there's, everything can be replaced with wood and ceramic and glass, like I was saying. It's, it's not a big shock. Do it in bite-sized pieces. 
So I get it. It can be expensive. You've been eating with metal utensils for decades, probably, whoever I'm talking to here. So then don't think, I got to right now go dump everything in the trash. No, as you can, if it's a money thing, wait and, you know, just change slowly if you can. But it all does make a difference. And on the, the woohoo realms of it, because I am a, a woohoo or metaphysical type minded person, well, I'll just put it this way. My understanding slash abilities when I started doing these things myself as well now years ago went off the charts. The, the connections, the frequencies, the energy perception. I mean, I can go on and on. Remember, we're an antenna or a radio, and we're often being kept from picking up on channels because of energy or metals more so, and that's in our glandular system. So because we're all using these metal utensils and pans and things that are metal, well, where do you think those little particles are going? They're not just sitting in your gut, although they're doing that too. They're getting in your glands, your thyroid, your parathyroid. That's why so many people have thyroid issues. Um, and they're often, you know, parathyroids take little pea-sized things in your neck. Um, there's different spots, but that's a big issue now. And that's what's doing it because the metal is in your thyroid or your glandular system, and the frequencies are affecting it. They're turning you into a walking antenna and choosing what energies you perceive. That's long story short of what's happening. And they're not telling you, they're not wording it that way, but that is what they're doing. They're putting, they're basically making you a pickup to Humans perceive certain levels of reality and only those. And they limit you by a lot of metals in your system. And then they send frequencies or energies in the environment that connect with those metals. So now you're affected. And that can be anxiety, stress, tension, whatever. So remove the metals, get more control of your own feelings and energies, and then you'll have less disruptions from the outside environments. And we can all do it, by the way, too. So in regards to people who have, because, you know, restaurants, people are uh, dining out more. And then assuming we don't know what, you know, uh, cookware they're using. And let's say they're using the worst of the worst, Teflon or whatever. Um, how do we get rid of that from our body? Uh, just wearing the, the cosmic silver or having shungite on us, will it demolecularize the stuff that's inside of us? No, it will. The energy on that, two different things, but on the 3D molecular level, what I would do and I do is before I eat or drink, I just have the intention. I only want what's compatible with me and an alignment. You don't have to use these exact terms and an alignment with my higher self. So then just by that statement, not the exact words, the intention behind it, I have said, if this is something not in alignment with me, I want to pass through. So it's a 3D molecule that the cook in the kitchen scraped off some Teflon or whatever on there and they, just because they're just not aware of it. So they're not doing anything with intention here of harm, but it happens. Well, then you have told that particle you're not in alignment with me and it'll just pass through your digestive tract. Now, on the 3D, and then energetically anything good for you will align with you and you'll absorb it. But on the 3D, there's always particles. So zeolite, so I'm going to give you a 3D um, thing we can do as well. Zeolite clay, Z-E-O-L-I-T-E. It's just a clay that's actually nano – and I'd get the clay form, not the um, refined liquid form because the clay – well, you drink it. You take – I'll go quickly, but do your research, everyone. Get a little scoop of this clay. Put it in a glass water bottle. Shake the heck out of it. Break it up. So, yep, you're drinking clay, dirty water looks like, and it will enter your digestive tract, and zeolite clay will pass the blood-brain barrier. So it's not like bentonite clay that will just take care of your tummy problems and digestive tract. It'll pass the blood-brain barrier getting into your organs and glandular system and pull out the heavy metals and toxins 
and then you pass them out. So it's a way of cleaning yourself as well. And I would, it comes, I would suggest, you know, again, do your research, but it comes in a tub um, online and I would do it for about a month cycle, once a day or so. Now, this is something that you're ingesting? Yeah, the, wait, one more time. Are you ingesting this clay? Okay. Yes, you're drinking it. You're drinking dirty water. It's a clay. Again, it's called zeolite. I mean, it is such fine nano-sized particles. You'll drink it. It'll get in your tummy and your colon and all of that, and the particles will actually pass through into your organs and system and your glandular system. And what it does is there's a, a negative and positive electron exchange there. Long story short, when this clay um, is in the environment of toxins or heavy metals, it grabs them and then it pulls it into your system and then you pass it out through your normal um, you know, urinary tract or excretion methods, that kind of thing. Because we're all, most of us, welcome to America, have heavy metal toxicity poisoning. Sometimes it's in your feet, your skull, it's always in your organs and glands. And it'll be also be, if you're termed, well, you have high calcium. Well, you might want to look at your parathyroid and see that it isn't mucked up with metals. Just try the zeolite cleanses and things like that. Um, and then oh. you'll, you'll go ahead. Uh, could you spell that again? Z-E-O-L-I-T-E. And it's um, a really fine talcum-like powder looking thing. Comes with a little scoop. Again, just get buy a water bottle, glass one, because, uh, of course, remember, zeolite clay grabs metal, so don't put it in a metal water bottle or something like that and shake it all up, or guess what you're going to get? Um, you know, a tummy full of metal. So that's what you'd want. And then uh, another suggestion is I would take it a couple hours um, on either side of prescriptions or supplements, vitamins, because it does grab different things. You don't want it to, you know throw a sponge in the middle of something you want to keep. So make sure there's a pocket in your day at night or wherever, drink the zeolite clay and then wait a couple hours and then go about your normal day. And now that can, way it has can this be used but for animals too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And it's different than diatomaceous earth. So two different, we've talked about that before, but yes, it can be consumed by any living organism. And again, would not get the liquid drops. Some will say, well, we've refined it down to this, that, and the other. That's not the point of the thing. Refining is not always a good thing, but it's a powder. You can get on Amazon idea. Amazon, I'm not saying go Amazon, but Amazon does have it if you want to look at it. It's about $30 for a month's supply. So we're not talking real pricey here. And don't do it all the time. I, depending on your environment, if, let's say you work in a metal factory. Well, I'd probably every other month or so maybe do a cycle of it. If you're a air quote here, average person that's just breathing it, and yes, we are breathing in metals and eating and drinking it. Um, you know, every few months. And then you, you'll know it's, it's an individual thing. Again, research it all. Look it up and you'll find more information on it. I'm talking to everybody. So question everything and look into it and see if it's for you. But it has benefited me and I don't even know, in numerous others that I've talked to by using it. Very interesting. And we're not doctors here. We're just telling you what we, somebody told us. <laughs> or we experience our experiences. These are just stories. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I do sessions. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I do sessions with medical doctors, chiropractors, you name it, throw the title at it. I've talked to them, I had them in the office. And this, where do you think I learned my information from? I mean, it's they know all about it, being a naturopath doctor or whatnot. It's just sharing the information, getting it out there. There are fixes for all of this. We don't just have to have metals in us. You have to know they're in you and then take the step to get them out and then stop allowing them to be in you. And that's your intention. It's like you asked at the restaurant. Well, if they're serving you food and you don't know, 
set your intentions. I love this food. It is best for me. I want nothing that's not in alignment with me. And yes, straight up in the physical 3D, particles will pass through you and excrete, and they won't interact with you if they're not good for you. That just simply will happen. Know it, and that will be. Be mindful. Yeah, and there's just scientific studies for those that want to hear. And science is just a language. It's not the end-all, be-all answer to anything. It's a way of describing a small portion of our reality, actually. Science, I'm talking. So even they have that understanding, knowing that it has an effect. So, yeah, it's, it's just one. Of, there's so many other ways. I mean, bentonite, so another clay for heavy metals. Put your feet in. Get a, a bath. Pour that clay in there. Get some moisture in there, some water. And it, yes, I'm talking about a dirt clay. Get it all over your feet, and it'll actually pull the heavy metals and toxins that often accumulate in the bottom of our feet out. Different from those little pads. Sometimes they sell pads for toxin removal that change color. And that really, that's a pH thing often. I don't want to blanket everything here. But many of those that have gotten in front of me where they put this magic sticker on your foot and look, it changed colors as you took it. Well, yeah, of course it did. There's a pH. There's a chemical reaction going on there. And it looks really bad, so you feel good. But really the way to move the toxins are the clays where they actually, like a sponge, they'll grab the particles. You can do it on your head too. A bentonite clay, um, I don't know, call it a shampoo, but... Get your head all dirty. Get it in there. Get it, and it will pull the toxins out. You'll feel lighter. I don't know how else to explain it. So, yes, a bentonite uh, clay, we'll just, again, call it shampoo. It removes those excess energies and toxins from your scalp. And all of a sudden, you're going to, well, well, that's interesting. That's really light. So, yeah, you'll play around with it. What's a, um, Sam was asking, what's a good uh, zeolite clay um online store to buy from that you recommend um other than i'm trying to find i'm actually going to bring up the exact one i use right now um i'll bring see and i will tell you the one i use okay well here we go that went quick it's um a zeolite powder now i'm okay you're gonna have to be patient with me on this one because i don't know how to pronounce this word it's zeolite and it's clint uh clint <laughs> Clinopetiolite. I don't know what I'm saying here. So C-L-I-N-O-P-T-I-L-O-L-I-T-E. I know that was odd, but basically it's a micronized version of zeolite powder, and it'll say ultra fine, something like less than two microns per size. Long story short, you want the finest version you can get because, again, you want it to pass through your gut into your whole body because that's where the free radicals and toxins are um, and pull it out. So sometimes they'll say three times activated, um, which means, you know, really fine crushed and powdered. So zeolite powder with that clinopetalite. And I'm sure I'm being laughed at somewhere, but it's, that's kind of how it's spelled. And it, I'm looking on, again, not a big Amazon fan, but that is one place you can get it. And it looks like a, a white tub. I'm actually going to try and borrow this image and see if I can't just share it in chat for people. Um, but that is one of the ones that I use. Okay, great. Um, uh, Derek, you want, do you want to pr promote the next um, interview you're going to be at? I think you said next week, right? Paranormal Karen? Oh, yeah. So I'm going to be doing a recording this um, Sunday with Paranormal Karen. Um, and she's got a podcast. If you just type in Paranormal Carol and you'll see her, she's fantastic. So much fun. She's actually a comedian as well. She's been on uh, 
late night show in all sorts of places. So she's really well known and just a blast to talk to. So we'll talk all kinds of woohoo things. I think we're getting into um, some sacred geometry and platonic solids and ways people can use those shapes with their imagination. Remember, 90% of the universe is your imagination. I'd suggest you take advantage of it. Um, and so I'm going to give tips and suggestions on how to do that during um, that show. And it'll be recorded Sunday and probably released in the next week. Um, but any of her other shows are worth listening to. And she's on YouTube and Facebook and all of that as well. Great. Um, we've got a few minutes left. Yeah, I know we're getting winding up the show a little bit here. I guess a uh, topic for next week was the Oregon beehive that you're working on or you talked about so people can listen to that on your interview from last week that was a cool concept and detail oh yeah and beehives are naturally um orgone devices anyway so you might as well and i won't get all to it now because of time limitations but when you do them such the right way with the right materials and those bees again similar to a cat's purr the frequency in the buzz of a bee is a healing frequency so if you get it in an amplification um, environment an orgone area device or energy device it will amplify that and it actually benefits the foliage the trees the plants the gardens around the beehive the frequency just having it in the environment um, and when it's an orgone one and not chemical chemical paint you use maybe shungite paint on the beehive exterior only um, it'll it'll have those effects as well without harming so it's like a, making a sandwich well why put a, a bad layer in your sandwich if you're making a really good sandwich for good reasons, well, don't put some, I don't know, it's really spicy mustard in there. And that would be the toxic paint. Keep it in the ingredients that are best for you, and it'll affect everything around you. The sandwich will be better. Um, so the beehive is better. If you leave out chemicals, you use shungite paints, you do layers of organic and inorganic um, materials to generate the orgone flow. And that whole, a beehive, just like a human body, has its own energy field around it. So do individual bees, of course. But I'm talking the whole beehive has its own toroidal field that all the bees help to make and generate. And you can actually see the overall colony energy field um, adjusting with the help of the bees and the environment. And people can do that just even if they don't perceive or see frequencies. Um, they can feel it. You can get up there and, and feel the, the loving sensations or maybe a little angst. Well, when you feel that approach in a hive, just like a person – you're, what I jokingly call your spider senses, they should trigger. And then all of a sudden you have certain thoughts. That's your intuition going off your energy body. These are all ways of perceiving our reality we often ignore. So that's why the benefit of hormone beehives. Thank you, Derek. That, we've got to <clears throat> remind us that next week, uh, Mark, we'll, we'll talk more about that. Um, can't talk enough about the bees. So uh, you guys want to say goodbye to the audience, please? Yes, yes. I, I appreciate everybody being here. Mark, Nancy, you, all the listeners. It's community effort getting all the information out and us all sharing. So, no, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks, Derek and Nancy um, and everybody in the chat room. Okay, so be safe, everybody. See you later. You have been listening to the Shanghai Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for being here. Be safe.